Episode 94 of the Severe MMA Podcast is back. Sean Sheehan here, as always, alongside the MMA media, Don Graham McDonald. Uh, we're here for another week of the best MMA chat you'll find anywhere. This week we're going to be talking about Artem Lavov's big win at UFC Belfast. We're going to be talking about Charlie Ward's debut and the rest of that card. We're also going to talk a little bit uh, about the Brazilian card over the weekend. We're going to get into Bellator and maybe a little bit about next week's card as well. Um, and we're also going to answer your questions at the end, so stick around for that. Uh, before we do all that, though, let me give a shout out to our sponsors, rosnutrition.com. They're the very best sponsors in all of Ireland. They, per, they provide uh, people with uh, nutrients. Um, they, they have the best proteins and amino acids for sports performance, strength and conditioning, all of that good stuff. Uh, 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 products for creatine, fat loss. You know, Christmas is coming up now. Maybe you, you, have, a, you have a son or a brother or a, an uncle who's in the gym every week. Get him his year supply of protein. How about you do that? And to do that, you can get 25% off your first order with the promo code SEVEREMMA over at rosnutrition.com. 25%. So if you buy him 100 euro worth of stuff, you get it for 75. Can't ask for better than that. All the essential oils over, is there, uh, over there as well. Things for joint health. They have Omni Joint, which I think is absolutely brilliant stuff. Get it, get, you know. Get, get get one of them and try it out. Uh, you can get 25% off it. What's what's not to love? Uh, they've um, green foods as well. If you're a, if you're one of those vegan people, which you know one of those weirdos, you can get stuff of like that as well. They have gunpowder, which my friend JJ Murphy, who got it there a while back, he, he can't say enough good things about it. So get on over there, rosnutrition.com. Get 25% off with the promo code SEVEREMMA. Help them out. You can help us out at the same time. Boom. Graham. Heartings. How did you? You were one week into the podcast now. You it was your first week last week. What was the feedback like? How did you find it? Yeah, it was grand. Yeah, um, getting you getting a bit more used to it now. I didn't have much prep time last time, but uh, I think I'm a well. I'm a little bit more prepared this time, even though I missed a uh, good few of the fights while I was in Belfast. But um, I've caught up on the main ones anyway, so ready to go. Sure, it's all right. Sure, Andrew never even watched any of them anyway, so it would be grand. Um, <laughs> So we might as well get get straight into it. So um, it was a big weekend for for Irish MMA. Um, UFC Belfast just passed. It was, a, what, what, it was the second event in Belfast ever, wasn't it? Yeah, like the, the fifth ever in our, in the island of Ireland. You were there. You were in attendance. First up, how was the crowd and how was how was the week in general? Yeah, the crowd was good. Um, well, like for Charlie's fight there, for Charlie Ward, the first fight of the night, it was probably yeah. about half full, which is. Good for a normal UFC show, but for Ireland it was a bit, it was a bit disappointing after uh, the last the Dublin show. It was packed for uh, Paddy Hulahan. but um, you know Charlie's only had what four, four fights before he got to the UFC as a pro, so he hasn't he hasn't built up the name value or the the fan base that Paddy Hulahan had. So I suppose it's to be expected. But uh, as the night went on, it filled up and by the main by the main card, and it was it was rocking in there, and there was a lot of Icelandic skull chants going and Ole chants going. It was a very good atmosphere. Yeah, I suppose before we get into the the fights himself and and the actual card, I suppose the probably the biggest story of the whole week was Neil Siri falling out of the of the card after Ian McCall. How do we put it? He he didn't fail to make weight. He, he, he there was like food poison. There was talks about it, bad weight cut, and he he fell ill the morning of the fight. Like yeah, it's still kind of unclear. Yeah. Uh, a lot, I think I originally started a, um, a media member saw him leaving the, the hotel in a wheelchair during the night and uh, 
And then um, there was rumors that he was ill and that he had food poisoning. But then we were talking to his nutritionist and he was kind of saying it was food poisoning, but they didn't really know. And then he was saying about Ian McCall's kidneys. So he didn't seem to know either. Yeah. But then um, obviously that uh, picture of the raw fish or the raw-ish looking fish uh, on his Instagram from, from 20 hours before he was meant to weigh in came out and people kind of put two and two together and kind of decided that was it. Yeah, like... It, to, I suppose that's kind of a secondary point anyway. Like the the, the biggest thing was Siri, <laughs> Siri missing. Like however it happened, you know. There was, uh, Ema calls a fighter. I I don't think you know. I don't think there's anything wayward about it. You know, he might have made a mistake with his food or whatever. But mm. uh, like it was, it was such a pity. Siri was going on. Like I, I tweeted at at the time, and if, even if you go back and like look at the the Facebook and Twitter and stuff from that time, everyone was like, that's. That was the reason I was going. I was going for the like for the Siri fight. Even like, I uh, you know, Shardog. I had a I had an article for for Shardog. I did it on Neil Siri. Like PT was saying that as well. You know, a lot on a lot of the papers, it was Neil Siri they were looking for. That was kind of I we joked last week on the podcast that that was the main event. But it, you know, it kind of was. It kind of felt like the main event. That was the biggest fight, and it was sad for for it to to end that way. You know, it's supposed to be Siri's last fight and everything. Um. It, it was, you know, it was devastating. I'd say he was he was fairly devastated, but he, he said he's going to fight again. Do you think Do you think they should make this um, a call fight again, or do you think they should get someone else? Um, well, if you actually, if you go into topology and you look at uh, the last nine fights that Ian McCall had scheduled, seven of them have fallen apart. Um, several, several injuries from McCall. Uh, Scoggins had weight cut issues. Borg had weight cut issues, or had an illness. But a lot of them are, are Ian McCall pulling out, so I don't know if Siri would, would would risk going through that again. Um, there was talk of Brad Pickett wanting to retire in London uh, in March. Maybe they could meet at one thirty and be be a good way to go out for both of them. Maybe. Yeah, I'd say that'd be good for like it, it's kind of a, the way Siri got into the UFC. It'd be cool for him to go out that way as well. Pickett, I know Pickett said he'd fight uh, uh, this weekend as well, but that was kind of poo-pooed fairly quickly. I'd say Sean Shelby was having none of it, but yeah, I don't know. I, I liked the McCall fight, to be honest. You know, I, I wrote about it in that article as well. It was kind of it was a nice way for Siri to go out because because of who McCall is. You know, he's as I put it, he was the king before the king had a crown. You know, and for Siri, you know, a guy who came from an even record to come back to come out as he as he puts it himself to go out in his own terms in the UFC I think that would have been a nice way to go out whether that's a little bit tainted now maybe you know maybe pick it'd be a good one though the two of them retiring in the same night you know a bit of a Rocky and Apollo Apollo Creed kind of a job I think that'd be that'd be kind of cool too but yeah I suppose we we'll get into Siri a little bit more. I suppose if everything had gone to plan, we'd be probably spending half the podcast on him. But the way it turned out, um, I suppose we'll, we'll talk about him again in uh, in a couple of weeks' time when he comes up. So let's get to the the fights themselves. And I suppose we'll start at probably in for my money the best. Fight. I didn't. I don't actually know who got the the events. And let's let's see. No fight of the night was awarded. But for me, the fight of the night was definitely um, Artem Lavov against Teruto Ishihara, even though it was a little bit one-sided. Um, what, obviously, you were there live. You, like For me, it was the best performance of Artem's career by a mile. How did you see it? Yeah, well, he fought differently. He, um, yeah. he actually fought with his hands up instead of at his hips for once. And uh, he actually <laughs> utilised a nice uh, standing hammer fist for that position. Um, and I... I he looked, he's in better shape than he's been in uh, for most of his fights. And I think a lot of the time over the years, Artem was uh, 
was taking a last second fight at any weight. He wasn't taking it all that seriously until the kind of the, the, the path to the UFC kind of opened and he kind of saw it as viable. And then uh, then he started taking it seriously and he started started he was always a good boxer, but he started training kind of more MMA, just more jiu-jitsu, more takedown defense looked great at all against uh, Ishihara. Um a lot of time over the years, you kind of our time would accept takedowns. He wouldn't, he wouldn't sprawl. Well, not accept, but he wouldn't sprawl. He just kind of, he just kind of get taken down. But but now he seems to have worked on that a lot. And obviously with a, he's been over with Connor at all these these big camps for big title fights in the UFC and stuff. So he's obviously benefiting from uh, from the the training partners and the nutritionists and on all that stuff that Connor's brought in, and it's definitely paying dividends for him. Yeah, it was a really big win. He was a, he was a big underdog going into that. A lot of people gave him gave him very little chance. Yeah, me me and one. Well, I didn't give him a little chance, but I, I definitely picked against him. But I said on the night, like I, he wasn't as flowy as usual, which might sound like a bad thing, but it, it turned out actually to be a really good thing. Like, so I was thinking about it. Like sometimes you see like McGregor going out having like a wondrous performance against Eddie Alvarez. You know, you see guys like Tyron Woodley coming out, you know, against Robbie Lawler, giving probably, the, you know, the best performance of his life. I know it was an early stoppage. You see Gustafson against John Jones, you know, guys coming up and, and giving the best performance of their life. Like, I'm not comparing Lobov's performance to them, but for, for him, and, you know, we all have our own kind of, you know, he, every fighter has their own level. For him, I think that was like like that. I think that was, I think it was an absolutely brilliant performance. You know, it was, I think, on like the biggest moment of his life, like if, if Labov lost that fight, I think he'd more than likely be cut from the UFC. You know, I, I know he he's, he's won his last two fights now. I know that, but like he was on a, a, a skate of three before that and he could very well have been caught. I thought it was a, just a phenomenal phenomenal performance. Now, I'm not you know, I'm not saying he's going to be fighting Conor McGregor anytime soon or Jose Aldo, but I think for Labov like a guy like myself and Andrew have spoken about it before here like a guy we thought would, could go in, you know, maybe get as many fights as he had now has now in the UFC and maybe, you know, maybe win one, lose three and you know, he'd be that type of fighter, but I, I think the way he fought at the weekend, I think he can win more fights in the UFC. You know, if he, if he keeps fighting like that, he can, you know, he's going to be, you know, a guy like we see guys like maybe uh, Jim Miller or, Ma or Manny Gambur Gamburian, I think is a perfect example of that. Guys who can go in there, you know, they're not going to be the best fighter in the world, but they can win fights in the UFC. I thought that performance is like, it was just phenomenal. He, you know, he came out, his jab was very good. We, as you said, that, that standing hammer fist, it was, you know, it was like, it was like he was climbing a mountain of snow or something. <laughs> not sticking one of those picks into your man's head. Um, but it, it, not brilliant. He take down the fence, very good, landed the power shots. I suppose the only the only thing bad that happened to him in the whole fight was um was that was when he got knocked down and he got, you know, he he didn't panic or anything. I think Ishihara got on top for a couple of seconds at the end, and then our Labov got back up. Like, I still scored that round for him. I think yeah, most people did. Artem well. went for a leg lock and kind of worked his way up yeah. using, the, using the leg lock. I, I think a big part of it as well, and I, I wouldn't mind getting your take on this, is like you, you spoke about it last week that he was kind of a go out and have a bit of a brawl, and maybe his ground game wasn't the strongest. Do you think like that working with the likes of Ryan Hall and Dylan Dennis and stuff have given him the conf confidence in his ground game that he can actually, you know, he can afford to take his time striking more, that he isn't, you know, he isn't going to get taken down and maybe submitted straight away or whatever, that he has the confidence to know that even if it goes to the ground, it's not over, that he doesn't need to get the knockout straight away. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, 
I think I think his last fight before the before he did tough was a uh, was uh, at ACB in Poland, and he, he won by armbar over one of one of the, the prospects over there. And uh, he by that stage he'd already kind of seen that the the road to the UFC was open, and and that he, he was looking to get on tough. So I think obviously in tough he uh, he wasn't he didn't use much jiu-jitsu. He, he knocked three guys out after using losing a close decision in the the first fight. But uh, obviously training for Ryan Hall and. Uh, in the finale where he would have put in a lot of work on the jiu-jitsu yeah. and, and i think that stood to him like a lot of people kind of slagged artem off about that wearing wearing a ryan hall like a backpack as they were saying but a lot of people would have got finished in that situation and artem stayed calm and i think that would have given him a lot of confidence knowing that our top jiu-jitsu guy like ryan hall couldn't submit him even though he obviously he obviously didn't get much much offense off in that round lob off but or in that fight but um he definitely the, the work he put in before that fight seems to have stood to him. Uh, like he was on top of Ishihara at the end and passed his guard, and it was even a good takedown from Artem. He wouldn't usually even see Artem going for takedowns, but I think he just wanted to. He's been he's been um, given a few decisions that he thought should, or he's been given a few decisions against him that he should have, thought he should have won over the years. So he, maybe he thought I'll just add this takedown in to put a bit of a, a bit of a stamp on the round because he was dropped in that round just to make sure um, the judges didn't didn't give the fight against him. Yeah, like uh, for me, like I think it's a, it's maybe a new uh, a thing. SVG have changed in the last while. You know, we heard we heard from a lot that you know. I suppose I don't want to use the over overuse the word flowy, but you know, we used to hear from Conor McGregor he'd go out and he'd he'd do whatever came to him. You know, same with Artem Labov, like he he'd go out and if the knockout came, he came, or if the takedown came, he'd work for it that way. But I think they're going out with more of a set game plan now. I remember John Kavanaugh talking about you know not having training camps, not having game plans and stuff like that. And I think that's maybe maybe they were caught us a little bit saying that. I suppose you'd know better than me, but like I think even if they weren't, I think it's been set like in the last six months or maybe a little bit longer than that. And I think that's the best. Obviously, it's paying dividends. I think that's the best way to do it. Like McGregor, fantastic, um, fantastic win. Lavov looked better than he's ever looked. And I think I really think that's a that's that's a good thing for him. Like, yeah, just... I think I think they um, when they were both fighting when Conor was fighting Nate the second time and Artem was fighting Chris Avia, they kind of they kind of knew they were going to have to. The best route to victory was to stay on the feet, not get taken down, and to bang leg kicks. So they they both practiced for that, and I think. Um, in the Ishihara fight, Lavov landed a few nice leg kicks that kind of slowed Ishihara down as well. And he didn't really have that to his game before the before the ABF. Well, he didn't really throw the leg kicks yeah. that often before that. So his game is evolving as he as he kind of becomes a full time fighter as opposed to a part time fighter when he was outside the UFC and being able to put the time in and having the professionals around you, like the nutritionists and the strength and conditioning coaches and stuff. It's just um, I suppose like losing to Nate the way they did. Um, they kind of they changed each. John was talking about how he, he kind of sat John Cavanaugh was talking about how he sat Connor down and kind of said we need to or they had a conversation between them. I'm not sure who started the conversation, but they had a conversation between them about how they need to they need to change up the training and it seems to be paying dividends now for for all the for all the SPG guys. Yeah, 100%. Um, what do you think should be next for for Artem? I like I, I said Andre Feely, I think that wouldn't be a bad fight. Yeah, here, here's one from out of left field, right. BJ Pin. What about that? Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, I, I definitely watch that. Like um I don't even know if I want BJ to come back at all though, to be honest. But if he is here's, to come back. Here's the thing though, right? I think BJ needs right. He needs a guy that's not in the top fifteen, top twenty, but borderline there. I think Globo's probably top 
you know, probably top 30 in the featherweight at the moment around that. And I think he needs like a guy people know, like a name as well. And I think, I think Lobov is that as well. Like, I think Dennis Eaver was the perfect, perfect uh, opponent for, for Pin when he came back first. I don't know what Dennis Eaver's at at the moment. You know, like he's pulling out of fights and hanging around and he's a little bit too passive. Moment. I think Lobov is the perfect matchup. Like, I, I don't know. I, I just think, I think it makes sense. I don't know. It just came to me, but maybe not. Yeah, I think maybe if the UC, if the UC play play it safe with BJ and kind of treat him with the with the not respect, but the I don't know. I wouldn't like to see him putting it there against somebody who's um got big knockout power. I wouldn't like to see yeah BJ some chin though. Just, yeah, he did, but I don't know that that can only last so long, you know. Yeah. Um, but like I definitely would watch that fight, but I think they might give they might give um. BJ, somebody who's a who's maybe a wrestler or not not a hard striker. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Uh, right, let's move on to the other SBG fighter on the on the card. Uh, we obviously with Siri out uh, himself and Labov were the only were the only representatives of the Ireland of Ireland. Uh, Charlie Ward kicked off in the first fight and he took a heavy knockout. I think it was fifty three seconds against um, yeah against Abdul Razak Al Hassan. Um, listen for for me, it was one of those fights, you know, where someone comes out, they get overwhelmed, they get hit with a hard strike at the start, and you know they just can't get their bearings back and take more strikes. And I think that's exactly what happened to Charlie Ward. You know, you spoke about it last week. You've seen probably him more than anyone in in the media has probably seen him, but you know he's he's wrestling ground about from what I've seen is very good, but he just didn't get a, a chance to uh, to show any of that. Razak came out. He's um, like you could see it 50, from fifty three seconds. Like he's uh, he's obviously a monster in the field, and it was a tough way for Charlie Ward. I suppose to start his his uh his UFC career and a tough way for the for the Irish crowd, you know, to get us uh, to to start off the card. What was your take on? Yeah, I, um, yeah, Razak uh, Alassane was very was very fast in the field. I, I thought I thought Charlie should have been looking to get the takedown early, even if he couldn't get the takedown to make Alassane think about the takedown. He, for takedown pretty early, Charlie, but he'd already been rocked at that stage, and I think uh, Alassane was smelling the finish because he, he's finished everybody in the first round by TKO or KO in his, his career so far, like seven out of seven. So he seems to have that killer instinct. But um, he said himself in the in the post scrum that uh, that Charlie, he he was surprised that some of the shots Charlie could take. He he's hit people with them before, and they they've been finished. And he he also said that Charlie kind of clipped him a couple of times, not not clean, but he could feel his power. So maybe if maybe if Charlie had a, could have got him down early and slowed him a bit with a bit of ground and pound and heavy control and make him wary to take down, but it was it was obviously um it's early in Charlie's pro career and it was a big fight like stepping up from fighting in a local local halls to to fighting in the UFC event in your in your fifth ever fight. It's obviously a, a big occasion, but um, I know even in the fifty three seconds, Charlie did show good good. Toughness and durability yeah. as much as you can in fifty three seconds, I suppose. Like, uh, but I suppose um, he, he's he's he'll uh, I'd say he'll get another shot in the UFC. But but um, Al Hassan looks like he could be a serious prospect. He, he's 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 early thirties, I think, isn't he? he? I was surprised at how at how old he was, yeah. but he look he looks fast and he's he's. I think I think he could be one to watch. Like he's got very good knockout power, obviously, and. Um, and he seems like a good personality as well in the 
he he managed to get the Irish crowd on side with the post fight interview, even though he just knocked out one of their boys. So he's obviously doing something right. <laughs> yeah, like it's it's difficult as well, you know, to look at look at Charlie Ward to analyze. To, what's the word I'm looking for? Analyze that analyze. That, that fight. You know, fifty three seconds. What can you say? I think a lot of people are kind of yeah. You know, there's mud thrown around. You know, he's only there because Conor McGregor's teammate four fights. You know, what's he doing in the UFC? Like, are we like? <laughs> that's going to happen I suppose with anyone but like what do we know give him you know I think he he got signed for the UFC what was it was it a three or four fight deal I think he'll definitely get at least one more I'm not sure uh, if it, I'm not sure if it was a three or four fight deal I don't I, I think it just got it got announced just as like part of the UFC newsletter that he was that he was fighting Randy Brown originally in, in yeah. Albany like I'm, I'm not sure if they ever actually announced how many fights they gave him yeah. but it's be, be rare enough that they'd only signed somebody for one for a one fight deal and they've got um a London show in March, and there's, there's talk of three or four, or they said there's going to be three or four shot uh, UFC shows between UK and Ireland next year. So they probably could use uh, another Irish lad and probably hold on to Charlie for at least one more. I'd say. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, you get another shot anyway. Like it's, it's a thing I said about Paul Redmond as well. You know, he's two fights in the UFC, like Mirsad Bektic at one forty-five, where you've got like. 87 pounds in weight <laughs> in, in three weeks like speaking uh, of weight actually speaking of weight charlie yeah. was saying to, saying to me before the fight that he actually only cut four pounds to get the welterweight and that he that he thinks he could go to 155 yeah. and if he'd be a, he'd be a monster at 155 size wise and strength wise so maybe that's the maybe that's the way forward for charlie yeah yeah it'd be interesting like, i hope he gets another shot you know irish it's always good to see irish guys in there you know and Oh, you know, hopefully we'll. Yeah, you know, same with Reds are like his, his two fights to go out that way. I, I, he didn't get to show what he what he has. You know, an early knockout and, and Mirsad Bektic, but hopefully it won't be the same for Johnny Ward. Hopefully he'll get a, a maybe a little bit of an easier matchup in in the in the next one. But the rest of that card, um, you know, the undercards. Brad wasn't, Jones wasn't great. Yeah, there was a couple of decisions. Uh, Marion Rowe got a good uh, TK off finish as well. A couple of. Uh, Couple of submissions as well, and uh, Koyoji Haraguchi got the win over Ali Bagatinov. Anything stands out in the undercard you want to mention? Um, uh, uh, not in detail or anything, but Zach Cummings, uh, straight arm bar was pretty nice. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I was... yeah, that, that guy's that guy's good. Like, so it's it was an impressive power move as well. It takes good, it takes a good bit of strength to get that finish. Um, that feels like a fight that's happened like already four times before. <laughs> Dude, he's like, oh, you have the American welterweight guy against like the the Russian welterweight guy. <laughs> it's like they've fought, they've surely fought before. No, oh, okay, yeah, fair enough. And, and in the Kevin, the Kevin Lee fight as well. Kevin Lee looked very good. Uh, put his opponent to sleep with a, with a rear naked choke, and then um, had some had some uh, some good things to say on the mic to get himself out there. He he was calling pretty much everybody out. He's, he's, right, man. <laughs> he'd been giving out about Eddie Alvarez all, all week saying he'd embarrassed the division and embarrassed himself and all that so he's definitely doing the right making the right noises to get himself noticed and once you've been talking all that all that stuff you you got to make sure you go out and get the win and get the finish and he did that so perfect week for Kevin Lee yeah uh speaking of Russians against Americans we have uh, Alexander Volkov against Timothy Johnson as well Lost, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, Timothy Johnson with a smashing uh, mustache and uppercut. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> he looks like yeah. a gang in New York or something, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Yeah, he's from Fargo as well. 
North uh, is it South Korea or North Korea? <laughs> yeah, but um, it was yeah, it was one of those fights that <laughs> it looked like it was going to finish hard early, and then it kind of just okay, no one's going to get finished here, and then it turned into a slap fest after about six minutes, <laughs> and I was like, yeah. is Belfast? How high is Belfast? Like, is Belfast in fucking uh, <laughs> the Mexico City of Ireland? <laughs> But yeah, uh, I suppose it was good. Like Volkov, I like Volkov's style and stuff. He takes a lot of shots, and Timothy Johnson isn't the best. Uh, isn't the best fighter in the world. But uh, you know, Volkov, he's a big guy. He's he's a tough matchup for a lot of people. I think in the heavyweight division, and he's a guy I could see, you know, maybe going on a bit of a, a Derek Lewis kind of a run, winning winning a couple of fights, maybe losing one or two as well. Uh, but I like Volkov. I like his style, but I don't think he's ever going to be a champion or anything. But yeah, his striking know. looked good, and he, he chose quick combos for a heavyweight, especially. But uh, his ground game when he was in Bellator showed a lot to be desired. But it's, it's been a, it's been a couple of years since since then. So hopefully, or well, most likely he's where he's worked on that. And yeah, do Brock Lesnar and just uh, hit a bag in your uh, out in out in the freezing <laughs> cold for two years and come back with fucking unreal striking. Yeah. But yeah, speaking of, see Brock Lesnar, he got smashed last night at a Survivor Series. Oh no, oh, no, I didn't. What happened? He got, he got beat by Goldberg in like ninety seconds. Yeah, oh, really? Yeah, Goldberg's yeah, back. Goldberg's back. I, th- I think Goldberg realized there's no way I can do like a twenty minute match. <laughs> Just like let me squash this guy in like ninety seconds. We call it a day. Is Lesnar not like the, the the big money guy in WWE? I'm surprised he was he was willing to leave yeah. that quick. Yeah, he's. I don't think he's lost. I think that's. I, mean, I think he might last one more. But that, oh yeah, he lost the Undertaker once, and I think that's the only other uh, bout he has lost since he came back to the WWE. But yeah, <laughs> yeah Goldberg basically came in. Anyway. Yeah, Goldberg came in, pushed him over, speared him twice, didn't in his moving. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Stevie Ray against Ross Pearson is all the comment event here. I suppose contentious decision in some people's minds. For me, I had a. I had a 29-28 to Stevie Ray, and it could have been 30-27 to Stevie Ray. Um, I think a lot of people look at this, and it's interesting actually watching the um, the Ward Kovalev fight at the weekend. Or listen to Polly Malinaji talking about uh, how sometimes not just judges but fans score forward movement rather than strikes that actually land. And I think that's uh, you yeah. know I think those fights are very very similar in that way. I think Ross Pearson was doing all the forward movement. But Stevie Ray was landing the harder, cleaner, better shots uh, for me in the first, in the tor- first and the third anyway. The second, I thought it was very even. And for that reason, I gave the second to Ross Pearson because when it is even, you give it to the person with forward motion because, you know, octagon control or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, if the effect um, of grappling and effect of striking are equal, then you go on to the next criteria. Yeah, exactly. So that's, that's how, I, how I scored it. How did you score it? Uh, it was hard for me to score because we were doing um, the, the post-fight interviews yeah. backstage. So it's kind of half watching, half getting updates off people. But the general consensus seemed to be that Stevie Ray won a 2-1, uh, 29-28. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely how I, I had it. Like, I, I was imp- very impressed with Stevie Ray. To be honest, I didn't think... It's not that I didn't think Stevie Ray was that good. I, I know he's a good fighter, but I didn't think... I didn't think he was that good in that way, if you get me. You know, he's very, very slick striking off the back foot. You don't see that that often in MMA in a kind of a non-countering way, if you know what I mean. You know, he was... <clears throat> now, it's not to say he wasn't countering, but he 
you know, he is encountering, say, like a McGregor counters, wait for your shots to come in. He was actually moving on the back foot, letting Pearson follow him around. And I think he posted a picture on, on his Facebook saying about Pearson being a big hero of his and things. And I think he like he knows Pearson's game so well that it, it, maybe it was a little bit easier for him to devise that plan. But I thought he's, he landed some ferocious body shots. You know, he was quick off the you know off the back foot, landed you know landed lots of punches, combinations to the head as well. The third especially, I thought he was absolutely. Absolutely phenomenal. Um, Ross Pearson came out afterwards, complained about the decision. Uh, there was a thirty twenty seven for Pearson and two thirty twenty sevens for Ray. Which I don't know where they got the thirty seven twenty seven Pearson from. I thought that was that was shocking, but look, they got the decision right for me anyway in the end. Yeah, you, you nearly feel bad for, for um, Pearson. He's had some really close decisions in his last few, and he's I think he's ended up on the, the losing side of all of them except. Um, Except two, he got he got the split decision over Felder and a split decision over Chad Lepreze, but he's he's lost close decisions to Trinaldo. <clears throat> Will Brooks, who's obviously a very good prospect coming out of Bellator, George Masvidal, who's always very tough, and now Stevie Ray. Like they're all very close fights and he's just losing out, so it must be very frustrating for him. He, um but uh, to be honest, um I think uh, I don't I don't see him getting caught anytime soon, even though he's on a skid. I think they'll keep him around. He's he's known from the ultimate fighter. He's he's always in tough fights. He, he never gets blown out of the water. Well, very rarely gets blown out of the water. Yeah. I think Ross Pearson is one of those guys that has reached as far as he could possibly have ever reached. I think he's I don't think Ross Pearson could fight any better than he has fought in his UFC career, to be honest. I I think he he reminds me a little bit of Bisping in that way, but that that's bad to say. You now when Bisping became the champion and stuff, I suppose. But <laughs> you know, I think he trains fucking really hard. I think he tries everything. You know, he always sticks in there. Very tough out. You know, as you said, like, like a lot of split decisions and stuff. But yeah, like I'd be, I wouldn't be surprised if they did cut him. But I don't think they will. You know, I, especially you said there's going to be um, there's going to be a lot of Irish and UK cards next year. You know, Ross Pearson's. A, perfect guy to have you know on a main card like this or on on the prelims well that logic that logic is not necessarily true though you you probably would have thought that about norman park and and yeah but but uh ross pearson is well known for years nearly all of the fans know him so i'd say he'll he'll stick around yeah what did you think of the facts he's able to be high up on high up on these emea cards fill a main card slot yeah. What did you think of the fact that not many Northern Irish fighters got in this card? I saw Philpott was giving out about it, and I think he's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe Philpott would have been there if he hadn't gone off and lost in the, in Asia. I think it was, was it? Yeah. He was. He had the. He had. He won the Bama title and he, or the Bama Lonsdale title, and he defended it. And then he could have been in with a shout, but then he went off to Asia and lost. Uh, lost there in the first round, I believe. Um, so that probably that probably hurt him. I think people like Reese McKee and and Joe McCulgan and Carl Moore. Carl Moore was, was probably the the most ready of or, or the most uh, ready with the with the best record of them. But he had obviously fighting for Cage Warriors the same night in um or then the week before in um the BT Sports Studios. So he was out of the question. But, um, I don't think there's any rush with these guys. Like Reese McKee's what four now? Like there's no rush with these guys. I prefer to see them hone their skills. Against the top guys in the local scene before before going over to the UFC, you can see what happens when you get in there a little bit too early. Maybe with Charlie, like you know, maybe if Charlie had a bit more experience, he would have been he would have been looking for the takedown early. Maybe maybe not though. You know, maybe I'm reading too much into the, the Charlie fight. Maybe maybe he he would have lost either way. But 
I don't know. I, I don't want to rush. I don't think you should rush a, a Belfast or a Northern Irish man in there just to have him on the card. But it was a strange decision to cut Norman Park, I thought, yeah. with, his, with his record. And maybe he would have been back in there if he had got the finish over Andrew Fisher, but it turned into a war. Um, I know the, Bel- the Belfast fans, the Northern Irish fans, are very disappointed about the, the no Irish, the no Irish, or no, 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 no Irish man on the card, and they were. They said they were all looking forward to the Siri fight, and then that fell apart. So they would. There was a there was a few not happy campers, to say the least. Yeah, like I th- I think Philpott could have been honest. You know, I I hundred percent agree with your point that not Russian guys, but well, Philpott is like thirty five, isn't he? I think he could have been. You know, he doesn't. Maybe he doesn't have the best record in the world. You know, I don't. I think Reese McKee is a great prospect. You know, but I think Philpott's a good fighter. I think people underestimate Philpott a little bit. You know, I think he could hang. You know, he's not gonna. I don't. Well. Not to say he's not going to hang, but I don't think he's going to like regularly beat anyone in the top ten or fifteen. But I, de- I definitely think in in that division in the UFC he can hang with a lot of the guys there. You know, I think he could have got a win if they, you know in with you know even matchmaking even in, in Belfast. I think he could have got a Karen Moore. Yeah, I think Karen Moore is ready as well. Definitely, Reese McKee. I hope, yeah, like Reese McGee's a guy I hope takes maybe the Tom Dukunwaru's, maybe not as long as Tom Dukunwaru, but you know, take your take your fights on the local scene. Take you know, take three or four maybe or maybe two or three more than than you even need before you get signed you know make them want you and then sign you know i think that's that's a good way to definitely go about it i think joe mccolgan as well i think he's a guy that's ready but he doesn't maybe his record doesn't um what is he two or three you know what is he yeah he's uh two and oh yeah like i definitely like he beat he beats peter queely like if you beat peter queely you're ready for the ufc i think was eight and one as an amateur and is a big, strong guy. He's always in a. T- he's always tough. And um, Joe McCulloch made it look easy in his pro debut, and mm-hmm. he he was going in there with a few injuries, Joe, as well. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, like, uh, I think the talent is definitely there. Like th- just those guys. There's there's more guys as well. Whoever we're leaving out, sorry, but like I I think all those guys are definitely you know definitely could be in the show. Yeah, they have actually just uh, people keep asking, but they have um, Joe McCulloch down as three and zero on his on his record in Sherdog, but he's actually two and zero. That. Uh, that Levi Kyo win a cage contender was a was an amateur bout. There you go. But, uh, get a get a fixture. Yeah, so he's only two and zero, but but he uh, he's definitely he, he he looks a lot better than a two and zero fighter. His boxing is is on point, and his distance control like for a very very young fighter like that usually take usually take a lot of time yeah. to get the, the distance right. His jiu-jitsu was very good as well. He showed against Queeley. His takedown defense was good, even though Queeley got him down in the third. Queeley kind of. Couldn't couldn't really get anything going from from the top position. So yeah, I definitely think Joe McCulgan probably be in the UFC uh, at some stage. But I, the two and zero record, I, I wasn't surprised the UFC didn't come calling. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the only thing that probably stops him. All right, let's get to the main event. I, I want your take on this. Let me tell me tell me about this main event. What do you think? Um, did he give up? Did he give um, up? That's the question we're all asking. Uh, I don't know. Um, he seemed to be blocking the shots with his hand, but yeah. that's not really intelligently defending yourself. Just holding your hand. Well, it's, it can be. It's a tough. Uh, yeah. It can be, but I, I think the way he he, he could have unhook. He could have tried to unhook his own leg from inside uh, Gegard's legs, and he didn't. And he he just yeah. I can see what wrapped up. He just seemed to be lying there, basically with his arm and hand across his face, hoping that that would be enough to for the ref to consider it intelligently defending himself. So uh, yeah, no, I think it was a good stoppage. Um, it seemed to be only going one way. I think I just think he gave up. To be honest, like once Musashi got him against Vince, we we'll talk about the rest of the fight in a second. But one, 
Onto Masasi got him against the fence. He put like no fight in to stop getting taken down, just like kind of fell down. Masasi got got his hand controlled under him, I think, like kind of like Habib did against Michael Johnson for a while, and he started landing a couple of punches. Like, but like I, I was looking back at it again. Like when you see a guy and they're in that position, right? And I, I, like I was thinking about was I a bit harsh, but I don't think it was. Like it, it, if you look at remember the Carlos Condit Maya fight where Condit got hurt by a shot he said afterwards and then he took loads of shots and he didn't you know he wasn't really defending himself it looked a bit weird and then he came out later and said like that didn't happen to hall hall didn't take any big shot or anything he just kind of went down and then he just he just covered up and he started taking the shots like if you, there's one angle they showed it's kind of over the cage and you can see Hall's two legs, like they're up against, almost up against the fence. Like at no stage did he put his legs against the fence, try to push himself off, maybe sweep uh, Musasi over or, you know, knee him in the back. He didn't, move, you know, he didn't, he, he only moved his arms to cover up his face. He, you know, he didn't move his knees to try to get into guard. He did nothing. You know, he just, yeah. he, he basically... And there was only know, 30 seconds to go in the round, so if, yeah. he, if he had a discredited scramble, he might have been able to, to hang on until the end of the round. But maybe it's hard to know if he knew that, though. It's, Still, like, you he, don't give up. like yeah. And I hate saying that, because, like, I like your eye hall, and, I, like, I never say that about fighters. Anyone who listens to this podcast, but, like, I don't know. It, I think Niall, Niall McGrath mentioned it, like, that his attitude kind of stank all week, you know, he was blaming the media for things. He was blaming everyone but himself. And I think that's kind of been the whole hallmark of Uriah Hall's whole career. Uh, I don't know. He's just like, I, I was talking to Patrick about it and he goes, imagine, imagine if he had like the attitude of, uh, I think he, he said a bisping. Like imagine if he Ross Pearson's attitude, imagine if Ross, you could put Ross Pearson into the body of Uriah Hall. Yeah. How good of, you know, how good a fighter that would be. Like Uriah Hall has given it all, but he just, he doesn't seem to yeah. want this. Like at a certain point. Even, 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 he, even yeah. he himself talks about the kind of mental side of it. And even at the weigh-ins, he was saying he was, he was hinting at the, the mental side of it being, being his problem. Yeah. It's like it, it, I suppose it's sad because we every time you're a, a, a Uriah Hall fight, we think, is this the time? Is he gonna come out and do it? And sometimes he does. Like the first Musashi fight, he came out and did it. But it just there's something in Uriah Hall's head, and it's just I don't. He's not wired for fighting, or something. You know, he's just he's not he's not wired that way. Like you look at Conor McGregor, and like he's wired. <laughs> like he's like a he's fused for he's like a spaceship for fighting. And and Uriah Hall, it, I don't know. He just. I don't know. He's just, it isn't in him. It just, I don't know. It just isn't in him. It's a pity. And like, that's taking nothing away from Assassin either. I think, like, I thought it was a pretty good display from Assassin. You know, Hall was doing okay on the feet. Assassin, um, I think, was very cognizant of obviously him landing the big shot and stuff. And <clears throat> he was keeping keeping his distance, waiting for the opportunities. I think he went in on one takedown, missed it, and then, you know, was very, very defensive, you know, landing his shots when he could and then, and then took Hall to the ground. But yeah. I don't know. It's, it, I think I thought it was bad matchmaking when they made the fight uh, because of where they've gone, both gone since the fight. And uh, after watching it, you know, it was a little bit of a. It looked like a mismatch in the cage, anyway. Yeah, yeah, it did. It did. Well, early on, Hall seemed to be seemed to be looking for the spinning back kick. Yeah. But maybe he should have been keeping it more simple and trying to chew up the legs and slow down Musashi a bit. But it's obviously easy to say afterwards when. When uh, you've lo- when he's lost the fight, yeah. Like I, I think the big thing from Assassi coming into that fight was to was to not give Hall the openings. And I mean, like in the first fight, he kept going for the takedown, 
and like he went for like I don't know he got I think he got maybe two or three takedowns in the first round or went for two or three anyway and he entered the same way every time did the same in the second and Hall was able to time him you know because he kept entering the same way I think that was a big thing in this in this fight that he changed up like he wasn't you know he wasn't falling for Hall's spins he wasn't you know, he wasn't falling for his fakes. He was entering different ways. He was waiting for his opportunity. Um, and, I, you know, I think it was really intelligent. You need to do it against your area hall. But, you know, as we said, the, kind of the, the blueprint is there to beat him. And um, he he uh, put it out very well. What do you think is next for Musasi? I saw a lot of people calling for uh, calling for Luke Rockhold. I suppose that middleweight division, it's mm. at the top. It's kind of getting a bit, uh, there's a bit of a, a traffic jam there. But what do you think? Yeah, it could be maybe the winner of Whitaker and Brunson yeah. uh, next week. It'll be good timing for the both of them. Yeah, could be. As, as long as none of them come out, or the winner doesn't come out with any injuries or concussion or anything like that. Um, who else? Pally's late, he's just lost. Um, yeah, just outside of the top five. Anderson, Anderson Silva, Silva? Yeah, yeah, Anderson Silva. Yeah, I definitely want to see that. I'd, I'd watch that, definitely. Yeah. Um, Tim Kennedy. Yeah, I think Tim Kennedy's on the last last uh, fight of his contract. He's fighting Rashad Evans at two hundred six, and I think he's going to be oh, a fight yeah. at the Bellator very quickly. He'll have Alex. Yeah, he'll have Alex cool. Jones in his corner over there. <laughs> <laughs> See, actually, Noel uh, or Sh- Jonathan Sharger's interview with, with Tim Kennedy when Noel rang in. No. <laughs> Tim Kennedy answered the phone and started slagging Johnny Sharger to know it was pretty funny <laughs> yeah, the MMA underground MMA.tv check out that it's pretty funny uh, also on that card before we jump off the card uh, the Seddenblad and um, Jack Marshman fight that was, that was a good fight uh, Marshman looked in the best shape of his career going into it as well and Seddenblad is, is no mug like he, he probably won a, what, he was on a 5 or 6 fight win streak before that the only loss in the UFC was uh, to Frankie Carr's uh, he beat Jocko, who's himself on a, a very, very good streak now as well. He picked up a win this weekend as well. So I thought that was a good win for Marshman. What wasn't all plain sailing, but he, he got the he got the finish in the second round. Nice. Magnus Seaman blood. What a man. Haraguchi, what do you think yeah. Haraguchi as well? Like obviously got to win. Like I think Haraguchi is the guy, if any guy at Flyweight's gonna beat Dimitri Shanson, I think it's Haraguchi. Like that's a rematch I want to see next year. Yeah, man. Yeah, I, I want to see it again. I think it came too quick the first time yeah. for Haraguchi, but agree. But um, yeah, the same with Demetrius Johnson is you're going to have to recycle all these all these guys again. So uh, yeah. you know, Haraguchi's probably the the most likely to beat him out of the the guys he's already beaten. Yeah, maybe send Henry Cejudo in a few years mm, as well. I don't know. It's hard to, it's hard to know though. He's, he's very young in the game. But um, yeah, yeah, I'd say probably Haraguchi's probably the, the the best one of the of the people Demetrius Johnson's already beaten. The most likely to beat him. Yeah, I agree. Right, let's jump on over to the Brazil card, and we'll we'll keep this one short enough because um, <clears throat> it wasn't the, wasn't the best card in the world. Nothing really happened on it. Just one thing I want to mention on the other card: we Jack Romanson. He was he was the Cage Warrior champion, wasn't he? I always get him mixed up. Yeah, he was. He I watched a fight with with Cesar Muchanchi Ferreira. <sighs> Jack Romanson fights like a, like a one twenty five er. And he's very, very good for the first round. But then he comes out in the second round and he kind of can't fight that way anymore because he's too big. Like, he's a middleweight. And I think, I don't know, I think he just, he needs to fight differently in the first round. Because if he doesn't get the finish, he's, you know, he's kind of screwed a bit. He came out light and his feet look very good. He's, like, his hand, maybe it was just a little, maybe it was a thing of nervous energy or something like that. Maybe, you know, I've seen him fight before. I don't, you know, he fights a little bit that way, but maybe not as much as he did. 
Um, and I think Muchach is a, uh, is a is a tough guy to fight against as well if he gets you past the first round now. I think Muchach is a guy who's been knocked out a few times as well like that. And I think Hermanson maybe was cognizant of that and maybe wanted to go for the, the, the early finish. But yeah, it was a good fight. Muchach ended up arm triangling him in the second when he you know, he looked. I don't, he, was, he wasn't, I'm not saying he gassed out or anything, but it's just he fights differently. And I think it's a little bit when you come out and you have this tough guy who's big guy who's kind of jumping all over the place hitting you with shots everywhere in the first round you're like geez how am i going to keep doing that for three rounds and then he comes out in the second and he's kind of stuck in the mud a little bit and he's not fighting the same way you're like you know you kind of breathe a sigh of relief a little bit and the fight becomes a little bit easier you know if you get my i, I think i think it's hard for him to go on that way but i, do, I still do think he's uh he's a good prospect I, like i picked him to win this i think if they fought again he, he could beat him but um yeah, UFC debut, like he picked up a good win over Scott Ascom, who yeah. who's always tough. Um, yeah, it was it's, it's always tough to go to Brazil as well and mm-hmm. be in hostile territory. Probably never, never fought in that kind of thing. Well, maybe he has. He's had a lot of fights over the years, but nothing that springs to mind anyway. Yeah. He's got enemy territory like that. But um, yeah, it's a it's a setback but it's, it's not the end of the world you know he was he was on a good a good 10 fight win streak before that and i'm sure he'll come back stronger um says it forever obviously uh, he had a lot of hype behind him before he before he lost uh i think it was to sam alvey was it or something he lost to that like he got ko before yeah he did yeah i think he's, he got he's got a bit of a weak, weak chin but yeah if you, if you don't connect with the chin then he's a very good fighter so there's no shame in, in his name i don't think um yeah. I, I think uh, yeah i think a hard hitter a hard hitters are the, are the ones that are going to cause him trouble, but uh, he'll do well. Uh, Ferreira will do well against everybody else. Yeah, uh, Johnny Eduardo as well knocked out Manny Gamburian. I believe Gamburian um, retired afterwards. So best wishes to him. With good wins for Cameron Usman and Christopher Jacko as well. Christoph Jacko, who beat Talis Lettis, who you uh, mentioned, Claudia Guerrella as well got a win, a decision win over Courtney. Yeah, yeah there was some controversy about uh, a low kick, kick or yeah. a soccer kick. Yeah, it didn't even look to land from what I saw. He took yeah. to clip the, the hair. It looked like it did at first, but then I think they kind of slowed it down, and yeah, it didn't. Uh, wouldn't have made much of a difference anyway. She kind of, you know, she dominated the fight. Yeah, she didn't get the point taken anyway, so yeah. it didn't affect the fight. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and I suppose too, we we look at Tomas Almeida went in against Albert Morales. Um, I think this was a little bit of a gimme fight for for Tomas Almeida. Yeah, it was a nice kind of bounce back fight yeah. for Almeida after the the Garbrandt fight. But he he did what he he did what he had to do. Like your man was undefeated, you know. He he may not have he fought he's fought in or Albert Morales fought in Bellator. He fought he fought in World World Series and he fought in the UFC. So he's no mug, you know. Give him his first his first uh, loss. Is a, is a good victory for himself. I love. I definitely a good. Do you know how I love Tom, Thomas Almeida because he, you know, he's Thomas Almeida is like a, an alcoholic who's given one drink, right? Thomas Almeida like he'll go out and he'll plan. To, he's gonna plan. He's gonna throw this jab. He's gonna throw his nice combinations. You know, he's not gonna get brought into the fight, and then he eats one punch and he's like. Oh fuck it! <laughs> he just goes straight out. Like it's like an alcoholic takes one drink and they're gone for it, like a two week bender. Like Thomas and Man is a bit like that. <laughs> one punch and he's just back. Oh fuck it! Just like you can imagine, Thomas and Man is like a hockey player, just like throwing down his gloves and just like swinging for the fucking fences. Whatever. If Thomas and Man is not one of your favorite fighters in the UFC to watch, you don't have a fucking heartbeat. Like I love. <laughs> good like, I, like I wouldn't rule him out making a run at the title like in yeah. the future i know i know he got got sparked he got marked up by uh cody garbrandt but very hard Garbrandt's 
Yeah, yeah. Cody Garbrandt's a bad style matchup because I think Thomas Almeida's weakness is his uh, offensive um, or his defensive striking uh, boxing. Yeah, so yeah, hopefully, if you if you can close a the hole there or, or work on that, he definitely like what is he like? He's still he's still like twenty one and one, or he's still got a very good record. He's beaten some tough guys. Like that win over Brad Pickett, that knee was that was that was vicious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, he definitely has he definitely has highlights in him, and I'd say he'll be he'll be a top five guy for for year, in years to come, four years to come. So I would I wouldn't rule him out yet after the, after the Garbrandt fight. He could he could uh, close the the boxing defense hole in his game and and make a real run at the title, and maybe we can see him fight Cody again at some stage in the future. I think he'll actually have a better chance of beating Dominic Cruz than Cody Garbrandt has. Although, yeah, yeah, I, fuck it, I'm sticking by that, yeah. Because, like, <laughs> Cody Garbrandt's a guy who'll go out and he'll land the one big shot. And against Dominic Cruz, that's very tough. But Almeida will just, like, keep running you down and throw shots from everywhere. Throw, like, 15 shots at you. <laughs> like, he might miss 14 of them. But if he lands one, uh, you know, that, that could be the one. And I think that's maybe someone who you need to fight against, uh, against Dominic Cruz to beat him, like... But um, maybe not. Um, but, but I like that. I like that fight. Yeah, I, like it, it. It's a little bit of um, a thing in MMA that you lose one fight and you kind of get written off a little bit. And I don't. I didn't actually see that that much with Thomas Almeida. In fairness, but I think that Gar Garbrandt fight. You know, it was it was just a tough, tough styles matchup for him because of the power of of Garbrandt. You know, I think he beats most other guys in in that bantamweight division. It's like it's a pity they should yeah. have had I think him. I mean, was kind of known for getting into wars, and he kind of he kind of liked that that moniker of being that kind of guy. But it was mm-hmm. just a terrible, a terrible game plan against uh, Cody Garbrandt. But you know, he'd never lost before. He, he'll he'll watch. He, I'm sure he's watched the tape already, and he's he's worked on it, and he'll continue to work on work on his holes. And he's still very young, isn't he? He's still what 24, 25. Yeah, very young. Yeah, he's got loads of time. He has to fight John Lineker quick. John Lineker's <laughs> fighting. I don't know why John Lineker's fighting TJ Dillashaw. Like TJ Dillashaw's just going to beat him so easily, and then John Lineker's gone from the title picture. Like I think that was the most stupid matchmaking ever. Uh, I hate you know, that. John Lineker, you never know what John Lineker. I wouldn't, I wouldn't yeah. rule him out. He, 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 he draws people. He draws people into absolute fest. Like I don't know how he keeps doing it. They they need yeah. to watch tape on him and be like, this is exactly what I don't need to do, but. They keep doing it, and he, he has a way of. Uh, he has improved an awful lot. Like he's cutting off the cage. His ability to cut off the cage, maybe apart yeah. from Conor McGregor, is second to none in the in the UFC. Like it's phenomenal. Mm. But yeah, what do you think of the stoppage? He needs to make weight a few times in a row. I think before the UFC will trust him in a big fight as well. He, he does. He'll be fighting in the main event. Fight. He'll be fighting Conor McGregor soon if he if he keeps missing weight. <laughs> what do you think of the stoppage in that one? Um, like Brian Sand was going insane over it. Like, I I did think he, he took a little bit too many shots, maybe. Yeah, um, it wasn't too bad. Yeah. Um, um, no, I think I think it was all right. To be honest, yeah, well, I, it wasn't the worst. You know, <laughs> I think maybe three shots too many when he when he had his backup business. You know, it's always it's always bad. It always looks. Worse. They were a really quick succession as they well. Were, you know, when it's a standing yeah, stoppage, it's always the worst. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then Ryan Bader and Little Nog. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ugh. what was what? what do you Little Nog, the, the boat Nogs just I don't know. I, they, I don't know. I don't want to tell him to be retired, but retire. But like you know, what what more can you? What more can the can either of them do? Like I don't see Little Nog getting the the UC title. I don't see Nog getting back to the back to the UC, to the UC title. He is retired. What's though. left for them? Like they, they, yeah. Well, we'll see. 
yeah. <laughs> MMA retirement leave them after a few years exactly yeah yeah like I, I'm being... they, they have schools they have students they, they have mm. years of fighting behind them they're all they're both legends I don't there's not much left for them bar bar paychecks and how big are the Nogara's paychecks I don't think they're worth it yeah like Little Nog isn't that bad I think a big Nog return was obviously uh, one but this god he looked he looked old and bad in this fight. Like Ryan Mader is a guy as well who I think like I remember someone asked us a few months ago who's the most underrated fighter in the UFC, and I said Ryan Bader. And I actually think he might be. Like, look look at Ryan Bader and look at Chris Weidman. Like they're the same fighter. Well, like he, he, Ryan Bader, like it seems like who does he have to beat? You know, yeah. he's beaten OSP, Phil Davis, Rashad Evans, Latifi, Nogara, like I know, I know. When it comes to the, that kind of number one contender bout, he's kind of like Michael Bisping a few years ago. He seems to lose out, like the like yeah. Machida or the that shock loss to Tito after, after losing to Jones and the Glover fight, where where it was kind of a a main event, a number one potential number one contender match, and then obviously Anthony Johnson, but Anthony Johnson is an animal. So uh, That's right. John Jones as well. He lost back in the day. Yeah, he's lost to all top guys. Um, Including Tito Ortiz, but Tito Ortiz was past it at the time. Yeah. So yeah, he's 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 definitely like he's definitely up there. Like I don't know, like who who else has he got to beat? Really, I can see him getting a getting a very a very big fight in his next one here. Maybe Manova's coming off a big win. Maybe that that would be a nice a nice fight. I, I think you give him the title shot. You think so? I, think yeah, I know we were kind of calling for it, but. Yeah. Oh, so the, it's kind of moment with, uh, I think I'd like to see Johnson in there again first again though against Cormier. But they're fighting in like two weeks' time. The winner of that, I mean. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is last, the winner of that, yeah. This is the last fight of his contract too. Uh so he, he mightn't even well, be better. in the UFC anymore. Yeah, better too. Yeah. Well, if he if he if he won the title he'd probably trigger a champions clause in his contract. No, no, but this one at last weekend was the last. He's in a free. Oh, I don't know. Now, yeah. Sorry, 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 sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, that's very interesting. Maybe, maybe they will. Um, they'll tempt them into signing the the UC contract with with the the promise of a title shot, possibly. Yeah, yeah, a, bit, a little bit like a, a Gilbert Melendez, put him in there. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Have himself and Carmia coaches. He, 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 Bader, Bader could go talk to Bellator, World Series of Fighting, etc. Try and get offered a title shot, and then bring the contract for the UC. They have matching rights, and similar what happened as you say with Gil Melendez. Yeah. Um, Eddie Alvarez as well. I think I think Eddie Alvarez has promised a title shot as well. I think that's why that's why he got one, even though um, there's some very close decisions in the lead up to him getting one. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, it's, I suppose it's nice to see that this is a kind of a good time to be Ryan Bader because it's been a bad time to be Ryan Bader for the last few years, just because of you know who who he's had to face. And I think like light heavyweight division is such shit division, apart from like the top three or four that. Everyone else, Ryan Better kind of, kind of gets shoved in there with the likes of fucking Beast and Twenty Five Eight and Pat Cummins and the rest of them a little bit. And he, I think he's actually closer to the other ones, to the, like the Gustafsons and Johnsons and Carmias. Now he isn't, you know, he's. I'm not saying he's up there with them or anything, but uh, it, it like I, I'm, I like Ryan Better and I feel bad for him. Like my Chris Whiteman thing, like look, look at his boxing. I think his boxing is as good, if not better, than Chris Whiteman's. I think he's more powerful. I think his wrestling is better than Chris Whiteman's. I don't know. I think, yeah. I, like, I think if they fall, I think Ryan better beat him. You yeah, actually, yeah, I actually do. They're not that much size difference either. Mm. And I, feel I think like, if 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 uh, if if 
Bader had been coming off the couple of fights against Rockhold and uh, Yo Romero. He might he might have. I think we forget how good Weidman is because because of the competition he's been, he's been fighting, and obviously he got beaten comprehensively in in both of them fights. But uh, as I was saying, Bader's obviously fought tough top guys as well but not not the very top guys not the not the top four or five guys like like um chris weidman has fought yeah i don't know i think like i think he's like he has fought all the top guys really apart from carmia like i know he's lost all of them but like carmia is kind of like weidman has kind of lost all of them too almost well I, like that's unfair okay he beat the auto and he beat uh trt less vitor but he beat anderson silva as well and stuff which is fair enough but yeah. um Anyway, I digress. Let's move on. Uh, and our next topic we will be speaking about is Bellator, which who put on a fantastic card at the weekend. Um, the two fights that we'll be talking about are MVP against some random punch bag, and um, <laughs> what was, what was, <laughs> but fair. What was the main event again? It was uh, Vincent Henderson against Michael Chandler, which was a phenomenal fight. Which one do you want to yeah, go for first? Uh, we start with the main event, I suppose. Yeah, I had I had a four-one from Michael Chandler. I, I don't see the, the I don't know how it was scored 48-46, but but uh, I scored a forty-eight. Was judge. No, I mean the, the opposite way. Oh, the opposite. oh yeah, okay, forty-eight-46 yeah. for got caught for Benson Henderson. One of the judges forty-eight-forty-six. Um, yeah, Michael Chandler looked like he was going to put him away and put Benson away in the first round. That suplex was absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. The German suplex. Uh, Benson did well to survive. A nice bit of head movement on the ground. Nick Diaz-esque against Paul Daly. Yeah. Um, he, uh, he did well to stay in there. He's obviously very tough. He's, he's been, he's been uh, like, even the Brandon Thatch fight before he left the UFC, Benson Henson was in a lot of bad spots on that one, and he managed to come through and win. And I think, um, I think I, I, gave him the, I gave him the fifth round, but I gave all the other rounds to uh, Chandler. And um, the, the first was a, was a blowout. Yeah, I gave it, um, I had it 48 46 to uh Chandler, but I could have given it, uh, I had a 3 2 and a 10 8 in the first, but I could have given it uh 4 1 to Chandler, we'll say with the 10 8 in the first. I think the second was the only disputable round for me. I think Henderson won, uh, was it the fifth or the fourth? I think it was the fifth. I think you're right. I think he won that one. Henderson won yeah. the fifth, yeah. I had him, I had the second, but I had it for Chandler. Yeah, I think the first, the third, and the fourth were all for Chandler indisputably and I think the fifth was definitely Henderson so I think yeah the second one was the only close one uh yeah great fight though. I really 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 enjoyed it like Michael Chandler's another yeah, guy Chandler's always always been exciting yeah, to watch a brilliant fighter like he's a guy who's all that his cardio is he looks like a guy who doesn't have cardio or doesn't have great cardio but he actually does and he yeah. always keeps going like um yeah it's just like it, it's a little bit of a pity too that guys in Bellator maybe don't get as as much of a rub as the guys in the UFC do sometimes. Um, and I thought, you know, I did. Well, a, lot of, a lot of people are talking uh, talking Eddie Alvarez. They, they 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 forget to mention how Chandler beat him. I thought twice, but it beat him at least once with the rear naked choke, and then the very close decision. Yeah. I just suppose obviously can hang with the top guys. Like, but it's just that when you're in Bellator, or you're in a di- any different promotion, you, you don't get the you don't get the rub, the fans. Don't give you the respect um, that you'd probably get if you if you were beating even guys in the top fifteen in the UFC. Yeah, you could be you could be the top guy outside the UFC, and it wouldn't be it wouldn't mean as much to a lot of fans as beating a top ten guy in the UFC. So, uh, it's tougher. It's tougher challenge now that he's gone through Henderson. I suppose the split decision makes it uh, makes the the rematch viable. Yeah, I think they should do it. There's no one else. Like he's beaten Pitbull already. 
you know, the, who else? Who else is there really to fight him? Like it's tough for Vincent Anderson too. He's lost, lost two title fights in his first three fights. He was losing the other fight yeah. until they do broke his leg. You know. Yeah. But I, do you I think, it was a good um, enough Benson fight. Henderson's the way it's gone for Benson Henderson and Bellator will will put people off or free agents from the UFC off going over there. No, because and I'll tell you why. Because I think people. I think pe- fighters are the most egotistical people in the world, and they always yeah. think they're going to destroy everyone all the time. Which, uh, and that's not a uh, that's not saying bad thing about uh, that's not a bad thing about a fighter. They need to yeah. have that mindset. Like yeah. if you're going to have a mindset, you can't, yourself from day yeah. one, you, you're probably not going to get there. Like and, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think like yeah. if you don't believe in yourself, you will. <laughs> exactly. Like I think every fighter is. I'm not going to be like Vincent Anderson. I'm going to go in and win those fights. But you can also look and be like Phil Davis. You know, he's looked fantastic since he went over there went over and won the belts, but I think there's a thing as well that people maybe are down on Bellator a little bit. It's not that easy to go over there and beat the the top guys, you know. Bellator, obviously, they don't have the strength and depth, and like even after Chandler and Henderson, I don't think the strength and depth is there. There used to be a little bit more when you had Will Brooks, I mean, you had had Eddie Alvarez there, but it's not bad now, I I don't say that. But Josh Thompson is there as well, and Michael Chandler has been calling out Josh Thompson for the last year, so I wouldn't be surprised if that uh, did happen. But yeah, I think the rematch is the way to go um, with with that one. Patricky or uh, Patricia people. Patricky's the bad one. Patricia's a good one against uh, <laughs> Josh Thompson would be the way to go. I think. But yeah, he go fight. I think, like I think a lot of a lot of the time, the, the, the fans like I think it was proven with even well, Pride might be the exception because a lot of people were always said the Pride guys are better than the UFC guys. But since since then, like the WEC guys were kind of everybody was like, ah, yeah, but how would they they get destroyed by so and so in the top 10 of the UFC and it proved that with Benson Henderson and Pettis and Eddie Alvarez coming in and taking the taking the lightweight belts from, from outside promotions like Bellator and, and WBC that these these guys outside just because they're not fighting the top guys in the UFC doesn't mean that they're not the top they're not top three top five or even the best in the division and Chandler yeah. like if Chandler came into the UFC I, I like <laughs> I think I think that fight with Benson Henderson proves that he can hang with the, with the best of them yeah, I I think he's up there top top five. Like I'd love to see him fighting a guy like uh, um, uh, Michael Johnson or someone like that. I think that'd be a that'd be a fantastic fight. But yeah, Bellator are doing good. Yeah, things. I think Michael Johnson's ground game isn't quite a, isn't quite up to a fight with Michael Chandler. Yeah, yeah, I probably I'd, I'd probably pick Chandler in that one as well. Um, yeah, he's a very good wrestler. He like he's a bit funky. He's a bit funky on the ground. He does he doesn't do orthodox things, but it's very mm-hmm. effective. He seems to always hook the leg. And this, and his reversals are kind of a bit unique, but it, it all works for him. It's, it's a unique game, but it works for him, and it, it's hard to it's hard to plan for and train for. I'd, I'd say as well. Um, do you think Benson Henderson has gotten significantly worse since he's gone to Bellator? Like we see it. I know Shea yeah. Mills is always the guy I bring up, but like remember when he left the UFC, he kind of went he went party a little bit, and it happens to a lot of guys. But yeah, well, when you take you take a few a few bad beatings in a row, it's, it's it usually affects you, but I, I don't think he's fallen off a cliff or anything. I think I think Chandler was Chandler winning that was mainly down to Chandler's ability and not not of a steep decline for Henderson. Yeah, I, um, I agree, yeah. Like Henderson's been in pace like that before and he's managed to turn it around, but Michael Chandler just didn't didn't let him turn it around until it was too late until it was until it was already in the bag and he, he then he won the fifth round. 
I think Chandler knew he, he just had to not get finished in the fifth round and he had to fight. Yeah, yeah I agree. Good fight. I wouldn't mind seeing it again. Uh, the other big fight in that card was obviously Michael Venom Page, my, my boy MVP, against Fernando <laughs> Gonzalez, which was yep. a split decision. I, I, I repeat, yeah, a was. split decision a win for Michael Venom Page. Mm-hmm. I think the judge gave it 30 27, did he? Or it was 29 29 28, 27 30, 29 28. Yeah, to 30 27 for Fernando <laughs> Gonzalez. Yeah, that's just ludicrous, in my opinion. Um, I had a 30 27 MVP. He he was disappointing. Uh, he was trying to counter and get Gonzalez to lead. Gonzalez wasn't having any of it, so it basically just a lot of showmanship and the odd jab. But that was a lot more than Gonzalez did, so I don't see I don't see the the scorecards for Gonzalez at all, to be honest. Obviously, uh, this can happen sometimes where a fighter like MVP is built up a lot, like Anderson Silva. Kind of when when Anderson Silva would be in a close round, people would always give the round against him. Yeah, like against Maya, against Lites, even though if it was the exact opposite way where. Leites, for example, was handing out that kind of damage to Anderson. That there'd be no dispute who the round would go to, and it, and it would be Leites. But that's I so think there's true. A, kind of a higher bar for certain fighters that there's a higher expectancy. John Jones against Gustafson. Remember that? That I think that yeah, was the same yeah, one as well. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, I think people just when it's close round and it's the underdog, they're going to give it to the the underdog. Just it's just a human bias, I think, that that has shown in MMA. And I, even with that said, I, I don't think there was any close rounds in this, you know, like, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, it was, it was the second round where he slipped. Maybe, maybe the judges thought that he actually was dropped there. I thought he slipped. I was watching, I was like, Bellator, it's hard to watch Bellator when you're in Ireland. You mm-hmm. have to kind of watch it on streams and stuff. But it looked to me like MVP slipped. Maybe the judges thought that he'd been hit there and rocked. So then maybe they gave him that round. Okay, maybe. But the other two, uh, I don't see it. Yeah, I, I watched it on a Russian YouTube link. It wasn't a stream, but it was it was uploaded on Russian. That's that's usually a good place for the best place for probably to watch Bellator in Ireland. But yeah, like <laughs> I I would I, I, it sounded like a joke earlier when I said Gonzalez was a punching bag, but that's kind of what he was. He was like the best punching bag in the world. He could moved around with you and allowed you to work on your footwork and stuff as well. Like did he even I can't even remember a punch he threw. Like he didn't even throw the jab. He was just like I think when, when when the, the time MVP slipped and yeah. while he was trying to get up, Gonzalez kind of tried to swarm but wasn't able to land and backed off again. Then, um, the both of them were looking to counter. Nobody wanted to lead. MVP only wanted to lead with jabs and mm-hmm. single single shots. It was it was all single shots. There was no combinations really. Yeah. It was a disappoint. It was a disappointing fight because it's been. They were meant to fight a couple of times before. There's been a bit of back and forth, and obviously after after the last performance by MVP, where where that vicious knee on Cyborg, people were probably expecting something similar, and it didn't come. But I thought I thought he won every round. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree. Yeah, like it was a terrible, terrible fight. It was basically just three rounds of circling and dancing. But like MVP clearly landed more shots. Gonzalez did nothing. Like that judge who scored a thirty twenty seven, Gonzalez should literally never be allowed to judge again. Like that person knows nothing about MMA. It was like ludicrous. I don't even understand. Like, fair enough, the twenty nine, twenty eight. As you say, maybe they thought he landed a punch. Like, fair enough. That that would have been enough to land around because the rounds were so bad. I can understand yeah, that. Exactly. But that thirty twenty seven against him is just absolutely ludicrous. 
But, um, yeah, yeah, I, I can't see it at all. Yeah. To be honest, I can't see it. Yeah, yeah. Linton Vassell. I, 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 like, I, I like to see the I like to see the fight stats on round <laughs> one and three. I know, I know, you're not a big fan of stats, but no. I'd say, I'd say in this case, it might tell a tell a story. Yeah, Linton Vassell got a good win as well against Frankie Carras. Didn't really expect that. Kerry Ann Melinda's got a big knockout punch after okay. forty-seven yeah. seconds. I saw that. I saw a clip of that. Good, good knockout. Um, uh, that's obviously Gibbler. Gibbler, <laughs> Gibbler, yeah, that's Gilbert Melinda's yeah. wife. And I suppose the other big thing in that, Sarah Delalio as well, women's flyweight, came back at an armbar win. And um, Baby Slice, I believe his name is Kevin Ferguson Jr., made his, his debut. Um, lost, Dave. He lost. Well, I don't, he, looked, he looked good. He didn't look bad, you know. It was his, uh, it was his, was his, his pro debut or his second, I think it might have been Hamilton's second fight. Um, but... I, it was a good back and forth fight. And he got caught in the guillotine in the second round. Uh, you know, I have no problem. I'd like to see him again. You know, yeah. it's a pro debut. You know, it's, it's because he has a big name, or he's 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 got his his father Kimbo uh, has a has a big name. People can't expect him a bit too much too early, maybe. Yeah. But um, like she's making a pro debut. Obviously, he's not going to be a well-rounded fighter in all areas, but he did look to have some potential. So I wouldn't rule him out. Yeah. As a as a future as a future uh, good fighter, yeah, definitely. Um, Beltor coming, they're going to be in Ireland soon. Just on uh, one or two things on that. Brian Moore this week was announced and confirmed by Sean Sheehan, nonetheless, that um, <laughs> that he'd be fighting Daniel Weichel. He announced the the news on uh, on his Facebook page. Yeah, great... Redzer was obviously meant to be. Or was, Paul Redman yeah. was meant to have that fight. He chipped his elbow, and uh, they obviously they must have wanted to keep the. The Irish kind of tinge to it, and they gave uh, they moved Brian Moore from um, who's he meant to fight again? Uh, Your man Nicholas Backstrom, yeah. which I actually think was a better fight, but it's great to see him on the Bamador yeah. or the Bama or the Bellator side of the card rather than the, the Bamador. Although you know, the Bamator or the fucking hell, Bama side of the card is pretty good too. But that card, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, card's looking good. Uh, yeah, it's a real shame Joe McCoggan isn't on it. That's the only thing I'd say. Uh, I was expecting him to be either on the Bama or the Bellator, but he doesn't seem to be on either. I thought uh, after his his win at the last one that they'd be looking to push him. Yeah, there was a change actually. Uh, Helen Harper from from the Ultimate Fighter from the last or what was it twenty Ultimate Fighter twenty three? I think maybe she. Come on. She's uh, she was meant to be fighting uh, Bruna Ellen, but now she's fighting Bruna Vargas. Two changed. Brunas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, one Bruna out, one Bruna in. <laughs> and then uh, James Gallagher and Anthony Taylor, they had a press conference, Obama, Obama and Bellator joint press conference there last week in Dublin, and there was some good back and forth between James Gallagher and Anthony Taylor. Um, even King Mo was was asking people to stop asking him questions so that he could listen to the, <laughs> the back and forth between the two of them. <laughs> and he was even inter- interjecting his own questions. It was it was funny. Nice, but yeah, if you haven't watched that press conference, actually, it's it's, it's worth a watch. It's it's man com, you'll find it there. Nice to see um Brian Moore, someone down. Yeah. He's almost a monster man, like you know, Wexford. He's coming close to there. <laughs> You're trying to claim anybody? <laughs> I claim him. I claim him. But yeah, nice to see. You know, it's nice to see Brian Moore. Like I think I've been a fan of Brian Moore for a long time. I think he's a good fighter. It's nice to see him getting his views on the on the Bellator section of the card. Yeah, he's all, he, yeah. he's been around a long time, and he, he's uh He's fought some tough, some tough, really tough guys. Like he's fought uh, Stephen Call, who's a, who's a an Irish. He just, he just two guys very good. Uh, 
he's fought Andy Young, Gary Morris, Mike Wilkinson, Josh Ramage, Dave Hill, Tommy McCafferty. Like you know, he's he's not shy of a of a tough fight. So here's another tough one for him. Um, it's kind of the opportunity he's been looking for. He's been kind of uh, flying under the radar recently. Like uh, he kind of he he was he was fighting regularly, kind of 2012, 2013, and then between 2014 and 2015, he only had he only had two fights, and that was kind of the big explosion of Irish MMA. So maybe a few people kind of kind of missed it, missed Brian Moore in the in the Irish prospects list. But this this win would would put him straight back in there. And, he did have a lot of people talking if he can if he can pull off this. I think he opened up a new gym as well. I think he took a little bit of time off to do that. Um, yeah, he also had a kid yeah. and got married, and there was a lot of stuff going on. But now now he's back and he's he's I saw him there at a legacy or what was it cage legacy, yeah. and he looked in good shape, so he looks ready. Yeah, well, Brian, we want ten percent of of those new gym uh, gym memberships that you get this week now. Blow Wexford. <laughs> bit, of, bit of sponsorship. Uh, right, before we get to the questions, just let's quickly look at this card this weekend from Australia. One of the worst cards in the history of the UFC. Um, just, <laughs> just a fucking terrible card. I wrote my preview for it there the other day. It's like, God, I got, usually I, like, I, write, I write a good bit about the main event. Then like a good, uh, like maybe like 75% about the, the core main event and then like a... A little bit about the rest of the card. This one, I was like, it's ninety five percent the main event, and just like the rest, you know, alongside it, just, oh, just yeah. not hard, like terrible. Yeah, there's, there's some some losses. Uh, uh, let me have a look here. Yeah, Jake Matthews, he's yeah. he's a bit of a prospect. Mm-hmm. Uh, so is Holbrook, Andrew Holbrook. Yeah, Daniel Kelly and Chris Camozzi in the in the co-main event. I think. That kind of says it all about the card, really, doesn't it? Yeah, I like uh, Ben Win too as well. I, I liked his fight oh, against, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, against Lewis Smolka. That was a, a tremendous fight. But yeah, yeah, he was he was doing well in that fight until uh, well, Smolka is a notoriously slow slow starter, but um, he still looked very good in, uh, before losing to to Smolka in that fight. Um, Dan Hooker, he, he's he's an exciting fighter. He's fighting Jason Knight. Um, uh, Colin Oak and Akamadov. Yeah, not great. Not much, not much there. Yeah, I think Jack Matthews is probably the most exciting one on that car. Like a big fan of Jack Matthews outside of the main event, obviously. I think he's a he's a good mm, prospect. Yeah, no, the main event is a good yeah, fight. The, the main event is a good fight. Yeah. How how do you see that one? That one going? The main yeah. event. Um, it's tough. Both of them are both of them are a bit inconsistent. Yeah. I probably lean Whitaker to be honest, but I've picked him a few times and he's let me down in the past. But I, I'll uh. I'll go with him again. <laughs> I actually can't remember how I picked it, but I think I think it's a good fight. Like I think this is the classic kind of output guy against power guy, if you know what I mean, in the striking realms realm anyway. Like Brunson Brunson likes to stand maybe a step outside of the pocket and then shoot in and hit you with either a big takedown or a big shot from the outside. Uh, whereas Whitaker likes to to put it on you with a lot of shots. I think both guys like to take the center or the octagon. Whoever will win that, uh, I'd say. Is... I actually don't know who will win this fight. Thinking about it more, I don't know. They're they're both they're both good. They're they're both good. Good good, good top fifteen guys. Yeah. Um, yeah, I probably lean Whitaker, but you know Brunson, like <laughs> he nearly had Romero there as well. Like he kicked him in the head, and since then he beat Lorenzo Larkin. I think he beat Sam Alvey. And uh, Uriah, Uriah Hall, a couple others. Yeah, um, it's a tough one. Like it's a. I like when the main event is is uh, it's hard to pick. Yeah. 
Like Whitaker, the only bad beating he's really taken is against Wonderboy, and there's no shame in that. Sure, everyone else has taken that as well. But I think he's a very, very good striker, good kickboxer. Um, if he can keep it on the feet, and and if he can avoid that one big shot, which is I know that those are two big things to do. I think he he can and will you know win this fight. Um, Brunson's a very good fighter. I think Brunson is. Brunson's underrated. Himself and Lorenz Larkin, two yeah. guys came over from Strikeforce. Very underrated, I think. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Brunson's a slight favorite with the bookies, but oh, really? it's close. It's, yeah, it's uh, 2.2 and 1.66. It's close, but I'd probably lean Whitaker, um, to be honest myself. But it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be anyway confident in that pick. Yeah, I agree. Right, before we get to the questions, let's give one quick shout out to our sponsors again, rosnutrition.com. Head on over there right now. You can get 25% off your first order with those guys using the promo code severe MMA. Get all your good stuff like proteins, amino acids, essential oils, greens. Um, actually, they have a new shaker as well, which uh, which is you can get as a free gift. Uh, if you spend a certain amount of money, you can get that as well. And uh, like I was actually drinking all of their shakers earlier on. They're really good. So I'm sure the new one is as well. Um, all the best whey, plant-based protein, um, everything you need. Christmas coming up. What better to buy than from our friends rosnutrition.com? You'll be helping them out, you'll be helping us out, you'll be helping yourself out. rosnutrition.com, severe MMA. Boom. Right, let's get into a couple of questions here. Graham, are you ready? Yep. Actually, last week, what did, what did you think of you, you? You got a bit of abuse from Paddy Pimble, I saw, and a bit of abuse as well from, um, from, uh, oh, Johnny, who did Johnny just get beat by? Um, Leroy Barnes Leroy Barnes yeah you said um, Johnny Jitsu sometimes he can come in and he can not show up a little bit and Leroy Barnes are like you not show up I fucking choked him out in 30 seconds which was fair enough no I actually missed, I actually missed that in fairness but yeah. uh, <laughs> um, I tell you now anyway live here yeah, yeah. Uh, I stick by it but uh, yeah uh, he, he got the job done he can only beat what's in front of him and um, may, may, uh, who knows maybe Johnny ha, maybe Johnny Jitsu uh had turned up that day and and Leroy beat him anyway. That is true. I was just saying sometimes Johnny doesn't turn up. No, I'm, I'm on Leroy's side here. here you're you're fucking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Leroy's a nice guy, though. But you can, yeah. I, I don't think you meant it that way. I think you just kind of, you know, it was just kind of the way you said it more than anything. But I don't think he was that mad either. And uh, Paddy Pimble, and he's, you know, Pat, I actually watched that fight yeah. back. I watched that fight back, and I actually had a three-two to Rosa, but I still had it for Rosa. So yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I still have it for, uh, for us as well. Right, first question from friend of the podcast, as always, Mr. Podge, at one, Mr. Podge. Um, how do you think Fedor will do in um, uh, in Bellator against ah. their heavyweight talent? Uh, and do you think he can win the belt, even though there's no champion at the moment? But they just make that fight for the belt. If you haven't heard, he's fighting Matt Mitrion. Yeah. Um, I'd say he'll beat Matt. Oh, I don't know, actually. Jesus. Um... Fedor horrendous in his last fight against Maldonado. Yeah. Um, uh, it's tough. I don't. Uh, I hate seeing legends like this just uh, fighting, fighting on. Um, I think Mitrion so, will destroy oh, him. What? I think Mitrion will destroy him. Like one. Like Maldonado. Down to the ground, I'd say it could be, it could be over for Mitrion. Yeah. The way Brandon Shab went through him on the ground. Mm-hmm. Um. It's a tough one to pick. Like it's kind of, it's kind of which fighter or this fighter have 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 it in them still, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I agree. 
it's yeah, it is that that was first Fader's first fight back. No, it's his second fight back actually against Maldonado. Jai Deep Singh, remember that? Mm-hmm. But yeah, oh, God, he like, brought out the jumper again. Though Fader, he brought out the jumper. He, he, <laughs> he did. He did. <laughs> that could be the, that could be the turning point. You'd never know. Mm-hmm. Right, next one from Farrell Connolly at Farrell Connolly. Any possibility of Charlie Ward versus CM Punk? Um, I wouldn't say so. Uh, I'd I'd like to see that. I'd actually, yeah. I hadn't thought about that. I, I, I hadn't thought about that. I do think Charlie destroys CM Punk from seeing. Oh, like yeah. I've seen bits of Charlie, like and he would destroy him. I think, I think CM Punk actually Take needs. <laughs> like CM Punk needs to fight someone who can weigh 175 pounds and fills no other criteria of being an MMA fighter. He should fight Mike Jackson, the the guy yeah. who lost to Mickey Gall the first time. The he's a fellow media member. He's, he's I think he's a photographer and a media member. So he lost to CM Punk in the or it's not CM Punk to uh, Mickey Gall. While uh, when CM Punk or when Mickey Gall made his UFC debut. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's the fight to make for CM Punk. Um, I can't well, unless you're going to sign somebody else who's never been to UFC before or isn't on the roster at the moment, um, who's very inexperienced as well. But I think Mike Jackson. Yeah, I like that. Uh, at Keen O'Connell at at the re s only twenty one. What's your t- <laughs> what's your top five top five pound for pound at the moment? And do you include John Jones? Oh yeah, I include John Jones. Uh... Yeah. He's suspended though. Drugs. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's top five five prepared fighters. Yeah. yeah. He's still a fighter, isn't he? <laughs> this is the first this is the first time you've heard the true Graham on the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Here it is. <laughs> <laughs> he is still a fighter, yes. Yeah. He's still a fighter, so if you're doing the top five fighters. Um Yeah, it's totally <laughs> we talked about it last week. It's kinda it's, it depends on what your criteria for pound for pound is. Yeah. It's very, it's very open. Get off the it. fucking fence, name your top five phones around immediately. Come on, let's go. Um, Jones, in in order. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, Jones, McGregor, Johnson, Cruz. Uh, Cyborg. <sighs> I'm not including Jones or women in mine because I think women should have their own phone from one list. My number one, Demetrius Johnson, Conor McGregor, Dominic Cruz, Jose Aldo. Uh, yeah, Aldo, yeah, let's go him. Uh, <laughs> 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 Who am I going to put? <laughs> let me think. Max Holloway. There you go. Okay. Fuck the fuck the champions. At Aaron McLean, friend of the podcast. Uh, if McGregor had Khabib's CV, would the critics be saying he's the most padded record in the UFC? Yeah, I think I said this last week, did I? Uh, his his one big win of over a top level opponent is already a, and then he has that win over Johnson, who, in my opinion, is just below top level. And then the rest of them are just not up to scratch. Um, if people were talking about Connor. McGregor getting a title shot undeservedly uh, due to his record and never beating anybody, then I don't see the outrage that that Khabib, the outrage that Khabib hasn't got one yet. Um, as I said last week, if you fight, if you fight Aldo, the both of them are begging for the fight or pushing for the fight. Yeah, let's see who who deserves it more. 
hundred percent. I've been like going on that for the last week on Twitter nonstop. Basically, yeah, I agree. On the like Habib thing, it, it's a little bit tough as well because at two years ago, I think his his CV looked good, and he obviously is twenty four and all. But like that two years off, number of factors. There's there's the injuries. There's the there's yeah. a number of factors. I think you have to look at it. He's yeah. not he's not that like the hardcores obviously love him. Like me and you have been following him for years, but people inside of that, a lot of people they found for the first time. Or didn't even see him because he was on the prelims of, of 205. Like a lot of casuals, like it's kind of like with boxing, like you don't tune in if you're a casual fan for all the fights, you tune in for the main event, you know, you tune in for the McGregor Eddie Alvarez fight, and you, you, you kind of missed the Khabib Johnson fight, or you missed even even the co main. So I think uh, it's, 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 it's a business. It's, it, I know people like to think of it as a sports league, like other leagues, but it's not. It, you need to put sell out stadiums like you need to sell pay-per-views like i don't know if Khabib's quite there yet yeah i agree um alan horn at hashtag horn asks what are your thoughts on graham boyle managing the likes of paddy pimlet and chris fishgold and being the still being the ceo of uh skate warriors um yeah well there's a rule. Um, there's a rule it, in America that you can't do that, isn't there? Is that rule? Does that rule apply? Well, it happened with World Series of Fighting and yeah. uh, Ali, didn't it? Yeah. See, like if there's no regulator to to to, to make say this is legal, this is illegal. You can do what you want. You know, mm-hmm. it's not illegal. Yeah. People may say, oh, it's a conflict of interest, but there's there's no there's no body regulatory, regulatory body with a set of rules saying you can't do this. So you can do it. Maybe people say it's it's unethical, but. It's it's up to whoever's doing it, really, isn't it? If there's if there's no rule in place, yeah. And I like uh, I understand why people get kind of get mad a little bit about this, but there's a thing as well that like it, when you when you're dealing with prospects, it's hard to get them fight sometimes, and kind of maybe this is the best time to like like look at say John John uh, Kavanaugh was Conor McGregor's trainer. He was his manager for a while. And he was uh, promoting fights as well, and I'm sure, like he's put McGregor in fights, hasn't he, on his own card? Like, yeah, you know, that's the same thing, you know. But that it's yeah. it's at like a lower level. People don't mind. People don't understand that in the like it's it's really hard to put to put fight cards together. It's really like especially yeah. back in when John Cavan was promoting shows with, with Conor McGregor headlining them. You know, it's if if you don't put on the show, the show there's there's nowhere for them to fight. Yeah, <laughs> you know, especially like the smaller weight guys back whatever six seven years ago when mm-hmm. when that was happening it's just it's, it's a different scene now and it's it's it, the scene is different outside of the the ufc as well on, on the smaller on the smaller shows yeah like i think the yeah. bigger the bigger cage riders gets the harder it'll be for graham byland to continue doing that but like for the last few years i think it's fine I, you know i don't see much of a problem with it but the bigger it gets maybe you won't be able to continue doing that but yeah, it like, does I don't to, think it, it leaves you yeah. open to leaves you open to criticism. Like does, if yeah. if agree with a decision or something, they're like, oh well, of course, of course, you know, he's he signed with the promotion, he signed with with the management company, but it's it's not legal and there's there's no rule against it. So yeah. I look, I don't think there's anything bad going on either. I just think it's, I just think as you said, that's the way things have have been down the years. And um, and look, it's it's weird because we're kind of. Amazing. It's not just like, Graham Boylan, you know. It's a no. lot of different. Like, it's there's a lot of this going on. Like, Graham Boylan's probably just the, the highest profiled mm-hmm. guy out of it because his, his show and his fighters are the highest profile guys. It goes on all over the place. Yeah. Like, uh, John Ferguson used to manage Peter Queeley and have him fighting cage contender. I'm sure he did with other fighters. Like, 
it just goes on all over the place. Yeah, MMA is like Tanko, MMA is very Brandon Brandon Lockdown and Tanko. You know, it's 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 a tiny community in MMA, really. Like uh, the the local scene. Yeah, but there's going to be overlaps. Yeah, I agree. Right. Question from Patrick Keehan. Um, who do you think McGregor has a better chance of beating, Bisping or Woodley? Um, um, a better chance of beating. Um, <laughs> probably Bisping, but I, I, think, I think he, I think he can beat both. Yeah, I don't like. I, I'm not saying he would beat both. I think he can beat both. I think Tyron, Tyron Woodley backing himself up against the cage and trying to throw an overhand rights is bad news yeah. against McGregor. I thought he bad news against Wonderboy though, and it worked. So maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think uh, the way people are saying, "Oh, Conor, Conor McGregor will get owned by Tyron Woodley," I, I don't know. I don't know about that. I wouldn't pick him in either fight, but I think I think he's a better chance of beating Bisping. To be honest. Uh, okay, question from at John Minton at J Minton B E. Out of these four people, do you think any of them will sign from Bellator? Uh, GSP, Joe Duffy, Misha Tate, Ryan Bader. Yeah, I'd say one of them probably. Yeah. GSP, I don't think he will. Joseph Duffy. No, not GSP, no. Joseph Duffy um, has one fight left in his UFC contract, isn't he? Yeah, like. Joseph Duffy, like it depends. It depends what happens there. I don't think Joe's going to be um, forced into anything he doesn't want to do with the UFC. Mm-hmm. He's made it pretty clear. Um, Ryan Bader, obviously, that's his that's his last point of contract there. Uh, he's going to he'd be stupid not to at least talk to them and yeah. get his value up. Yeah, I think Misha Tate. Misha Tate, you can't just walk out of your contract. You can't just retire and and walk out of your contract like Randy Couture tried to do that. Tried to go to court about it. Said it cost him over half a million, and he got nowhere. He had to come back, you know. Um, you can't just you can't just retire and work. like Aldo tried to do it there. He tried to retire and just walk up his contract. They were like, "This is not how it works. You're gonna fight, or you're you're like you're not gonna you're not just gonna leave your contract because you said you're retired." Yeah, uh, Amy Clean asked a question there, and I think a couple of people have asked it as well. Um, and we'll have one or two more questions before we go. What do you think of? Uh, McGregor, uh, uh, Nate, Nate, yes. Dana White said McGregor is going to be out until May, uh, May. What do you think they should do with the the two divisions while he's gone? Hmm. Uh, I don't actually know if he will be out for that long. Um, yeah. Um. It's tough. It is. It's um, an Aldo as well. I think. What do you do with Aldo? Yeah. It's tough. Um. He should give up the forty-five belt if he's not going to fight at it next. If yeah, if they book a fight for May for the for the featherweight title, then then that's just about allowable, I'd say. Yeah. Just because it's 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 not as it's not as strictly a sport, and and that was like you you need these big fights, like you know the the UC just got bought for four point two billion. They they want to make they're they're trying to make money here. You know they're releasing. They they released uh, or sacked or whatever released um, UFC P- PR people and staff like they're 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 gonna they're gonna put together the biggest fights they can I think and uh, having yeah. McGregor as the champion of both divisions brings more money so unless unless he's refusing to fight at one forty five on, on upon return I'd say they'll probably let him keep the belt let him keep both belts yeah he I does think fight he very did. regularly. He does, yeah. Usually, like, normally. I think you do one of two things in the 
in the featherweight division, you either strip him of the belt and have Aldo fight the winner of um, Max Holloway against Anthony Pettis, or else you announce it before Christmas that Conor McGregor is fighting Jose Aldo on International Fight Week in July or whatever it is next year, and you give it like a seven-month build-up again like they did the last time, do it again where like maybe they do, you know, McGregor gets to take his time off and stuff like that. Yeah, or like something has to be done because Aldo like Aldo has interim belt and people kind of seem to forget that he and like, that, yeah. yeah McGregor they talk about McGregor holding up the division but it's actually Aldo that's holding up the division because he won the interim belt and now refuses to defend it you know that, that the interim belt was made so the division wouldn't be held up <laughs> like and it's you can't have yeah. two belts being held up so like either you well, know I'll say, I'll say the way Aldo looked at it when they offered him the when they offered him that he probably thought this needs pay-per-view points and all that all that stuff so i'll take the interim belt he probably planned on not fighting again all along yeah he just he just uh it's a smart business sense money-wise to take it for the interim belt instead of just another one contender base yeah right. so i'd say he had no intention of, of fighting again before before mcgregor or before mcgregor is, is uh vacated or is stripped of the belt and then aldo fights obviously as the interim champion for the unification of the real belt yeah. All right, three questions before we go. Quick ones. Matt Aries, what will be the main event of UFC 208? Uh, I have no idea. Who just fought? Uh, okay, so we saw the, the, the heavyweights, heavyweights fight has to come up, doesn't it? Steve is taking a little where, time. Where is he going on? It's early next year in Anaheim. Where is Anaheim? I don't know where that is. Could be Steve Although no, Verdum is fighting Velasquez. California, isn't it? California, is it? Yeah. No, let me check that. I know it is. Uh, yeah, I know in California. I'm going to go with um, Tyron Woodley against Stephen Wonder by Thompson. Yeah, that could be. It could be. Um, yeah, I'll go with that as well. Okay. Uh, right. Patrick asked another question. Who wins? Or actually, is Nick Diaz back? It's California. Is Nick Diaz. Yeah. He still has to pay his, his, uh, his money, but. California Nick Diaz card. Who's Diaz like going to fight? Well. Uh, I want to see Diaz against Cerrone. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, that is well. If Nate Nate took Cerrone apart, pretty pretty handy. That was a few years ago now, though. I suppose yeah. Um, and they're not the same person, obviously. Nate and Nick. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, uh, Walter White. Um, Maya. Gunnar Nelson. I like it. I like it. Right, let's get through these last two. Uh, Who will win these fights? Patrick asks. You you answer so. Aldo against Habib. Aldo. I think Aldo as well. Ferguson against Holloway. Hmm. Ferguson against Holloway. Uh, that £10 could, could play in. Um, I don't know. I'd probably go Holloway. I'd go Holloway as well. Uh, Mighty Mouse versus Cruz. Uh, Cruz. I got Cruz as well. Edgar against Dillashaw. Um, uh, it's hard to know if like, Frankie looked shop worn or if it was his knee in the last fight. Um, I'll just go Frankie. I'm going Dillashaw on that one. Uh, Bisping against Woodley. Woodley. Yeah, I agree. Lobov against Seaver. 
Yeah, I think he does. Yeah, I think he wins that one as well. Right, last question from the IMAA. Uh, they asked about the Irish athletes going over. I believe it's on this week. Um, uh, going over to... Yeah, it's not, it's not being streamed live again uh, for some reason. Um, last year they said it was going to be streamed live and then it wasn't. And they said last year, oh, it'll be streamed live next year and then it isn't again, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of disappointing. And hopefully it won't take them months to get the fight out like last time, to be honest. What is it? Uh, the European it's, Championships? It's, 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 yeah. Yeah, these are the people fighting for Ireland. Heavyweight Ryan Spillane, middleweight Tyg Dixon and Colin Ma- 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 Maher. Uh, welterweight Mark Gallivan and John Byrne. Lightweight Lee Hammond and Alex O'Sullivan. Bantamweight Austin Lynch. Flyweight uh, Dave Fogarty, never heard of him, and Dylan Kennedy. <laughs> and women's flyweight uh, Megan O'Loughlin and Danny Nylon. Uh, any standout names there for you? Um, Dave Fogarty. <laughs> I know they're all uh, yeah they, I think the, the IMAA posted out like kind of little fighter profiles which, which was cool very uh, good yeah on the guys um, yeah I, uh, it, they really should have it live I think it would add a lot to it um, people you know sport sport needs to be watched live live in my opinion yeah. Just uh, people are gonna know the results beforehand. I know you can people do Facebook live streams, but it's just the quality is just not up there. Mm-hmm. You, it's tough to locate the fight you want. You want to watch it go search through Facebook. I think that's the side of things that could, that they need to improve. To good the setups, good the production's good, but they just need to do it live. I think that's the mistake they're making. And and yeah. Fight Pass, it's perfect to do it live on. Uh, I suppose like Megan O'Loughlin is one of Dino Wade's fighters and she heard a lot of good things about her yeah, obviously we've, yeah. yeah Ryan Spillane 2015 bronze medalist in the Europeans as is Lee Hammond the man who hit the, the first Baron Ball on MMA isn't he that's him isn't he yeah. Yeah. And he his, his amateur debut with a spinning backfist knockout as well yeah. Very nice, and obviously Dave Fogarty, the 2016 World Silver Medalist, coached by the, the best fucking coach in Ireland, um, Sean Sheehan. Uh, <laughs> 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 oh, well, <laughs> coach Sheehan. Yeah. You need a straight straightener, you and Owen Roddy. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I wonder who'd win that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ. I I've been to patent there anyway, he'd never get to me, he'd be grand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, uh, best best luck to everyone, especially obviously we're a bit biased towards Dave Fogarty. He's uh, one of our own. So best luck to everyone and Dave, especially looking forward to hearing the the Yogurty na- moniker out in, out there and good work as well by the IMA IMMAA people online and stuff they're doing uh, they're doing good things. So give them a follow IMMAA online. On Twitter, uh, I suppose they'll be giving updates and stuff. But yeah, that's about it. No second episode down, Graham. How did you feel? Yeah, that was good. Yeah, good. enjoyed it. Yeah. A lot of fights to review, so it yeah. went, went quick. Yeah, looking forward. Uh, if anyone's out there as well, we're looking for a new sting for the start, and we're looking for new graphics for the podcast. So if anyone wants to make them for us, send them to me, Sean at, at severemed.com, an email. We'll give you a shout out in the podcast. We pay you zero dollars, zero <laughs> euros. Zero. <laughs> but, but you will get a shout out on the podcast, and you'll get a tweet out as well, uh, and all the good stuff like that. So, um, yeah, that was good. Looking forward to the fights this weekend. 
Um, looking forward to Man United get back to winning ways after the, the, the terrible draw at the weekend. Liverpool got beat, or the, 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 the Southampton B team beat the Southampton A team at the weekend. Also called uh, Liverpool the Southampton. Yeah, it, was good, it was a good win for Man United, or it was a good point for Man United against a uh, highly ranked team. It was, yeah, yeah. In fairness, but uh, be struggling against. Uh, Finishing the top half this year, it looks. yeah, indeed. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, give us a follow. Follow you can follow Graham over on uh, Severe May at Severe May. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean Sheehan Ba. You can follow uh, our uh, Niall at Niall McGrath 4. You can follow Pizzi at Pete's Carl. Watch out for talking brawls coming out probably Thursday or Friday. Uh, and all that good stuff. I'll have my preview out for this weekend's card and maybe, um. Wednesday, Wednesday or Thursday, we'll see. Um, and all that good stuff, plenty, plenty of content. Graham will have all those videos posted up and everything. SevierMay.com, rosnutrition.com, all that good stuff. Graham, any parting words before we go? Um, No, that, that, that bit does it. Yeah, buy your T-shirts over in SevierMay.com. Oh, yeah, buy your T-shirts, yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's only a few left. Yeah, there's people asking us about uh, getting stickers, starting them up. I might all start right. a lucrative business, start selling them to three or a yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. We, 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 we should print up a we should print up a bunch of t-shirts with a load of advertisements on them. I think you did you guys like wearing them. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Shade, 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 shade. there. Uh, anyway, right. Thanks everyone for listening. Give us a tweet out. Uh, spread the word. Give us a thumbs up. All that good stuff. And until then, we'll see you next Tuesday.